more philosophical and legal reasoning than of physical daring and combat courage. Harrison was a man of action, shaped more by the battlefield than by the cabinet room or the legislative chamber. Like Washington and Jackson, he was a figure of lore and legend, and indeed was the prototype of a certain brand of American politician, not so much a creature of a homespun background, but the creation of mythologists who celebrated a log cabin background that was pure fiction, but purely American in its appeal. Indeed, both Harrison and his Tyler II running mate John Tyler, who figures significantly in the Harrison legacy, were products of elite backgrounds and grand childhood homes. Both, it turns out, part of the rich Tidewater upland that created the Patrician Planter and Merchant Society of Virginia. The two men produced the renowned 1840 Log Cabin and Hard Cider campaign that was more fable than campaign. Harrison, the last British subject to become president, was born on February 9, 1773, on the Berkeley Plantation in Charles City County, Virginia. He emerged from a prominent family. His father had signed the Declaration of Independence and served as governor of Virginia. Although young Harrison was the scion of a slaveholder family, He nonetheless joined an abolitionist society at age 18 to, as he put it, ameliorate the condition of slaves and procure their freedom by every legal means. This abolitionist sympathy separated him in temperament and outlook from his running mate, Tyler, a slaveholder and an ardent supporter of the institution. So, too, did his military experience. As a young man, Harrison earned early notice as a soldier of unusual imagination and courage so much so that he was cited in Major General Mad Anthony Wayne's official action report of the 1794 Battle of Fallen Timbers. Harrison's conduct was impressive enough that Lieutenant Thomas J. Underwood, Wayne's recording secretary, was moved to add that, if he continues a military man, he will be a second Washington. Despite his Virginia origins, much of Harrison's life was rooted in what is now regarded as the Middle West, then more Western in tone than Middle in character. He served in various Northwest Territory administrative capacities, defeated celebrated American Indian forces in ferocious fighting at Tippecanoe Creek, and chased the British and Indians into Canada during the War of 1812. After marrying Anna Symes in 1795, Harrison settled down in North Bend, Ohio, where he acquired a large piece of land from his bride's father. Here, Harrison settled easily and unobtrusively into a series of political positions, including the U.S. House of Representatives and the Ohio and U.S. Senate. He did, however, have a difficult tenure as U.S. Minister to Colombia, where he clashed with that country's leader, Simon Bolivar. Harrison, described in a hagiographic 1840 campaign biography as a plain Republican farmer, held the unassuming position of clerk of courts in Hamilton County, Ohio, when he won the Whig nomination for president at a convention that adopted no platform. He defeated incumbent Martin Van Buren, running on his stellar war record and pointing to the wrecked economy caused by the Panic of 1837 under his opponent's watch. Before long, however, the man known as Tippy Canoe would become a fallen timber himself. Presidency Death of a President By April 3, 1841, a mere thirty days after his inauguration, Harrison told a medical attendant, I am ill, very ill, much more so than they think me. 
At ten o'clock that night, Harrison's secretary wrote to his own father that the president was drawing his last breath, suggesting that, in a few minutes, he will doubtless be among the dead, and adding, he is now as low as possible. Within hours, Fletcher Webster, the son of Secretary of State Daniel Webster, would be on horseback, racing through the night to Williamsburg, Virginia, where he would rap on the door of Vice President Tyler and deliver the news that had upended the country and would soon catapult Tyler into a new role and new controversy. A Great Constitutional Question For the first fifty-two years of the young nation's existence, through eight presidents, no American chief executive had died in office. And so, when Harrison expired, one of the principal unanswered questions of the American Constitution, what to do at the death of a president, moved urgently and unavoidably from the theoretical...